Our gospel readings from John chapter 20. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the word of the Lord. I'd like for us to look carefully at what happened to those believers on that morning of Pentecost so long ago. Because it is the particular gift of the scriptures, I believe, that reminds us week after week that what happened back then also happens today. We can relate to the story of Pentecost because believers back then and believers today are both experiencing a time of change and a time of confusion. They asked back then, what does this mean? And we look around us and see all the things that change and ask the same question. What does this all mean? Downstairs, we've been speaking about our denomination and how it has experiencing changing just this past week there is a new form of government. The new form of government is just the first part of the Book of Order. And there has been a proposed amendment that that be drastically reduced and changed, and that has now received enough votes among the presbyteries to become effective July 10th. This change has many of us, including myself and your clerk of session, Carolyn, what does this mean? And we will simply have to discover that over the coming months. And also, as we have been discussing downstairs in a very important conversation where we have expressed our differences of opinions and our love for each other, at the same time, we have said that Amendment 10A to the Book of Order has also passed. Amendment 10A makes a change to the ordination standards for deacons and elders and ministers of word and sacrament. And this change has many of us, including myself, asking the question, what does this all mean? And we will simply have to pray about it and discover that together over the coming months. We are experiencing changes, and we don't all agree about how the changes, or about the changes themselves. Some agree with the new form of government. Some agree with the new 10A. Others have worked against them and feel like these are taking the church in the wrong direction. And they have, just like the proponents, have worked and prayed against them for many years. There are people here today in these pews where you are sitting right next to you. There are people on both sides of the debate. You might be sitting next to someone right now who sees these things differently than you. 
Sometimes it seems that our opinions and our beliefs are so different from each other's that we almost might think that we are speaking different languages. And that is exactly the story of Pentecost, because, and that is our story as well. Sometimes we find ourselves unable to communicate with others because we disagree with them over one or two issues. And we need to say very clearly that both sides are doing their best to be faithful. It's just that there can be a language barrier. Sometimes the communication breakdown feels us, leaves us feeling angry and scared and sad, and then the good news of Jesus Christ somehow gets lost in the translation. So maybe, maybe we're not that different than those believers who gathered there in Jerusalem for that first morning that we call Pentecost, way back then. What happened back then is you had people from all different parts of the world. You had Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia. You had people from all these places that we've never heard about and really couldn't care less about other than to know that they couldn't talk to each other because they spoke different languages. They might have all come to the same place to celebrate the same festival, but they couldn't speak to each other. And sometimes here in church, people come to the same place to worship and can't speak to each other. But what happened with Pentecost is that the disciples of Jesus sat in a room together and they were touched with the Holy Spirit. And suddenly they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. So when it says that there were all these devout Jews who were in Jerusalem to, deserve the day, to observe the day of Pentecost, what happened was when the believers started speaking in different tongues, the crowd that was outside and around them was, were able to hear them in their own languages too. And so the communication was not just among the people in the room, but the, there was people outside who were affected and were asking themselves, what does this all mean? In the Bible, it says that they were amazed and they were astonished and they asked, how is it that we can hear them, each of us in our own native language? You see, all were amazed and perplexed because the gift of the Spirit on Pentecost, a miracle happened. Something new was created. You might even say it was like a new creation, that like God was creating the world all over again on that morning. And when God gets in the mix of things, you can know that things start to get messy. And what God did on Pentecost is God recognized that there is a language barrier that kept the people from speaking and listening to each other. So God showed up with the gift of the Holy Spirit and that language barrier went away. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Which is exactly the question we are asking ourselves today. What does it mean? What does it mean to be church? in today's society. 
we can answer that question by understanding what the Spirit of God accomplished on Pentecost. God gave the Spirit to the people so that they would be one church, unified not because they could speak the same language, but formed from the God-given gift of the Spirit which allowed them to understand each other as they spoke their different languages. So for us, if we are caught up in the gift of the Spirit as the art shows on the screen, if we are truly being church, we will be church not because we all speak the same language, but because the Spirit allows us to speak and understand each other in our own languages. We are truly being the church not because we all have the same opinion about human sexuality or about the mission and purpose and order of the church. We are being church together because the gift of the Spirit is our common denominator. We are one in the Spirit, even if we are not one in opinion. We didn't create this church. We didn't create the church of Jesus Christ that has so many different manifestations and forms all over the world. The church is something that is created for us and given to us by the power of God's Holy Spirit. So that takes a lot of pressure off of us. The Book of Order is important, but the Book of Order is not what makes us church. Amendment 10a is important, and the changes to G60106b are important, but that in itself is not what makes us church. It is the particular gift of the Scriptures that reminds us week after week that what happened back then still happens today. Back then, the church had to deal with some overwhelmingly divisive issues. These were huge divides within the society, and the people in the early church had to figure out, how does that affect us as church? There were huge divides, like were the Jewish Jesus that we worship was this movement that that Jewish Jesus started, was that going to include the Greeks, the pagans? How do you work through that? And when these people converted to the Jewish, the Jew, Jew, Jewish Jesus movement, does that mean that they have to be circumcised? Circumcision went back as a mark of the covenant to the time of Abraham. And how do you work through that? And these people who joined the Christian movement, what they called the way, does that mean that they could no longer eat pork? Hmm? How do you work through that? How do you give up the pulled pork sandwich and the pork tenderloin? How do you give that up? Does that mean that you're no longer church because you eat down there on the river? Each time, each time the church had to work through some overwhelmingly divisive issues. Jews and Greeks, would they, they couldn't even talk together on the street. 
And now you're saying they could worship together and eat of the same bread together? Each time the church always took the movement toward more inclusion and took a step away from less exclusion. And it's because they were based on the belief that not what the differences are important, but there are some fundamental common denominators that are more important based on the belief that God's gift of Jesus is for all people. So Paul walked into the Corinthian church there and wrote, remember, you were baptized right there at that font into one body. Jews or Greeks, it doesn't matter anymore, one spirit. Slaves or free, doesn't matter anymore, you were baptized into one church. And you were made to drink of one spirit. And, to, and you, you use your differences not to be prideful or competitive with each other. But you use the gifts that God gave you, no matter how different they are, to build up for the common good. As I mentioned downstairs, we don't all agree about important issues that our, is that our society is grappling with today. But we can look at each other and say it's okay that we disagree because we have something that's more important in common. We can do this, not because of who we are, but because who God is and the gift that God gives us in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that is poured out on all flesh, and we all drink of that one Spirit. It's a healthy situation to be at, where we don't have to agree with the pastor, we don't all have to agree with what's happened, and we don't all have to agree with each other. But we can worship together, we can pray together, we can serve God together, and we come forward and eat of the one common loaf together. And we drink of the same cup because we are called by God to drink of the one spirit. Now I know that these things are talked about in parking lots and bridge clubs. And pe people may mention it to you around the coffee pot at your work. People pass around emails and it's talked about on talk radio. And so you're maybe asking yourself, what do I tell my friends? They may ask you, how can you be a part of a church that does things that you don't agree with? And here's what you can say, perhaps. Well, in my church, we often sing a song called, We Are One in the Spirit. And we've sung it on and on for years. And we've sung it so much that I'm starting to believe it. <laughs>